Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, you hear the music all right. Time now for your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. On the show today, joining us is realty expert John Brodine. How you doing today, man? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Good, good, good. Uh, did you get your uh, vote in and all that fun stuff? I did. I went last Friday. Yeah. like 10 minutes. It was, the, it was so easy. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Uh, do you think we're ever going to find out who eventually wins this thing? Man, I sure hope so. <laughs> I'd like, I, I stayed up really late last night yeah. because they kept kind of teasing it like they were going to know. And Carol and my wife stayed up until like 3 in the morning. I couldn't stay up that long. but No, I, I tried to. And, and it, you know, it sounds like we're not going to find out till maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Well, which would be nice. But um, crazy times. Uh, also, before we get into, into talking business here. Uh, you got a big tournament coming up this weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're like a tournament. Yeah, jujitsu, jujitsu, yeah, something like that. I say grappling. It's easier. Grappling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now, you, you got to cut weight and stuff like that for, for these tournaments, don't you? Yep, not a ton this time, just a four four pounds, so mm-hmm. that's, pretty, that's pretty easy. But, yeah, it's down in Sioux Falls. There should be eight guys in my division. Yeah, so. have you ever grappled with any of them before? Never. No, never? Never had a match against any of these guys, so. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, good luck. Yeah, yeah. It'll you be get- on YouTube. I'll like I'll post a link or something. So yeah, perfect. That'd be yeah. great. Do you guys go like full UFC style, like punching and all that just, stuff, too? Just grappling and just submissions. Grappling. Yeah, okay. so no punching and kicking. It's all, you know, uh, trying to get a, a choke hold or an arm bar or a leg lock. All that, all that. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, in your defense, you don't look like you've been punched in the face a whole no, bunch. No, it's not a good look to show up to a, a listing appointment with a black guy. It's happened just look like Rocky. Before, yeah. but it always happens at the worst times too. Oh, I suppose you. you know, day before your wedding photos. Yeah. I, tra- I trained all the way up to my wedding, and I didn't get any marks on my face. So Carolyn was happy about that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and there's always makeup. I, I can, yeah. There's I could pull something off. There's only so much photoshopping you can do, or touching <laughs> touching up a picture exactly um okay we're into a new month now john yeah. uh november 4th what's what's why don't you give us a little market update here yeah so we'll look back at october um one of the big things that's happened is inventory has dropped a lot this year so in the past three years at this point in time you know the end of october there was over 300 listings on the market this year at the end of october 214 listings on the market wow big difference so inventory has been li- listings have been going up every year um, you know, since, since 2015, mm-hmm. um, year after year that, you know, uh, it's, it's started to flatten out a little bit with 2019. This is the first year we've really seen it drop off again, which is good news. It's caused a hotter market. Um, and you know, 64 new listings hit the market this month. Um, so which is fewer than last month, last month, 76 listings hit. It's normal for things to slow down a little bit this time of year. Um, 71 homes closed. So those were homes that went under contract a month and a half ago. Um, that's when they accepted offers. Uh, the average days on market on those 71 homes that closed were 141 days. Um, last month, it was 109 days. The month before, it was 123 days. The month before that, it was 152 days. So it really just depends on which house is closed. Uh, it's best to look at like the average days on market and the average sale price at the mm-hmm. end, of, end of the year, not like month by month. Right. So is, is 141 days, that's your average? Is that a long time or is that about the norm? Right around there. That's, that's um, it's, it's, 
I bet at the end of the year, when we look at the number, I bet it'll be in like the low 130s. Okay. So it's pretty close to the norm. So uh, people that have never bought or sold a home before, they, this is what they can expect. This is just kind of the usual thing. Yep. And, and so for a seller, this would be from the time you list the home mm-hmm. until it closes. Oh, okay. So about 45 days of that 141 days is time spent under contract. Once sure. you've already accepted an offer, an inspection, an appraisal, and underwriting, and all that kind of stuff is happening. So- you know, give or take, the average person is on the market for less than three months before they accept an offer. Um, and then probably, so average sale price was 260000 almost 261000 um, You know, that's higher than last month. Last month was 237000 Average days on market was lower last month. Uh, so this just tells me probably a couple more luxury homes closed mm-hmm. this month out of mm-hmm. the 71 closings, and those take a little longer to sell. Um, doesn't mean that the uh, if a home stays on the market longer, it sells for more. It just means that the luxury homes take longer to sell. Okay. Uh, and that's a, th- a, sure. th- a theme you'll see throughout the year. Um, the average sale price is normally in, in the low 240s when you look at it at the end of the year. Um, and then 20, or, uh, so 27 homes are currently active with a home inspection contingency. That's a lot. There were 23 last month. Um, that means those will be going pending within the next couple of weeks once okay. the home inspection passes. Um, and then 40 homes are currently pending or sorry, 40 homes went pending during okay. the month of October. Um, so that's, that's pretty average for a month of October, October it's, it slows down. Um, you know, like last year, the, uh, the average month, 59 homes went pending. So once we get into this, you know, later fall, um, you see the number of pendings each month going down. Uh, just really quick. So you said uh, the the average luxury or the average home is about two hundred and forty thousand. Yes, um, that's the average sale price. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I mean, if I was looking at trying to get a a bigger house, uh, and when I was looking at homes, it, it seemed like everything was like in the three hundred thousand dollar range. Uh huh. But the, I mean, I would just wouldn't have enough money to put down on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, how? What is? What do you do? For that, I mean, if I wanted to get into something bigger, but obviously, yeah. I mean, I can't save up a hundred thousand dollars, and that's that's a really common question that people ask us, and it's a common misconception. Everybody thinks, oh, you need twenty percent down to buy a house. No, you only need about three and a half percent down to buy a house. Oh, um, so that's a, quite a difference. It's a big difference. There's a something called mortgage insurance. So whenever you buy a house with less than 20% down, you have a product called mortgage insurance that you pay for each month. With most loan types, like with a conventional loan, if you put 3% or 5% down, um, you'll pay that mortgage insurance each month until you have 20% equity. Once you have 20% equity, then you stop paying for that mortgage insurance. It basically just insures the, the lender since you're a higher risk loan, since you have less skin in the game. But to be honest, that's what like you know 80 or 90% of... I'd say over 90% of first-time homebuyers are using those type of loans. Well, would that be kind of like an, like, an, like an interest rate then? I mean, would you be so you, paying? You still have an interest rate. This is a fixed amount. Um, like it's, it's, uh, I think it's usually around 1% of the loan amount per year. Um, you'd want to talk to a lender to be sure about that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that's the ballpark that it normally costs if you're putting like you know, 3% down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a lot and the, you know, it's totally worth it. I mean, to be able to buy a house now versus waiting, you know, seven years to save up a hundred grand, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a no brainer Buy the house now, um, and lock in these low interest rates, you know, use one of those good low down payment programs and 
And then if the market, as long as you're going to stay in the home and the market goes up in value, the longer you stay in the home, the more chance that the market's going to go up in value. Then you get some equity that you didn't even have to save up. You know, you've, you've stayed in that home long enough to build equity when the market is appreciated. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, Paul always has good questions. That's a really, yeah, really good question. And, and we try to come up with questions for you every time you're in here, John. But now what are some of the frequently asked questions about buying a home? Yeah, um, some of the, how much money you need down is, is the, probably the, the most important. And when we say the average sale price is, you know, to around $240,000, that includes, you know, townhomes, condos, luxury homes. Mm-hmm. So It's an average. It yeah, could be lower if, or higher. If your budget, if your payment fits $1,000 or, or $100,000, um, you could get a smaller, uh, you know, entry level home mm-hmm. or you could get a you know a condo um you have a lot of different options with that fits your so i'll go back to your question though some of the most commonly asked questions um you know some of the misconceptions are that you have to have like a perfect credit score that you have to have like a 750 uh credit score you know the credit score requirements are actually pretty reasonable mm-hmm. um you know what are some other you know, I want to yeah. stick with that for just a second here because uh, back when I bought my home, uh, I didn't have the greatest credit score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I couldn't get a loan for a for a car, uh, but I got a you know two hundred thirty thousand dollar loan for a house. That yeah. didn't seem to be a problem. <laughs> now I think if you couldn't get a car loan, they probably wouldn't give you a house loan. I'll say that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, with the I believe like FHA is like six eighty for the credit score limit, mm-hmm. um, and. One of the, like, I know lenders in town who will sit down with you and coach you. Like, let's say you're, and and you'd want to talk to a lender to know the exact credit score Mm -hmm. um, that you have to hit in order to qualify. But if you're at 650 and you have to be up to 680, I know lenders in town that will sit down with a person and say, you need to, if you pay off this credit card and if you lower this balance to this amount um, and you, it should take maybe three months for you to get to 680 where you need to be. So do those things, come back to me in six months or three months and we'll run it again and see if we can pre-approve you. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them even have like credit score simulators that say, Hey, if, if I, um, you know, I've been putting my money towards this each month, but instead if I pay this down, um, how long will it take for me to get to where I need to be? Um, you know, it's the first step is just talking to somebody and figuring out what path you need to be on to get where you need to go. You don't want to be wasting your time maybe putting money tor- towards the wrong account. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be putting that money towards the right account that's sure. going to move you in the right direction towards getting a house. Yeah, yeah. You, maybe you have your priorities a little bit wrong with what you think needs to be paid off yeah. first. And, and and speaking of that, this I don't know if this is a question, John, that you can answer if I would go oh. to a lender or not. But um, say you still owe $100,000 on your mortgage or whatever, and... Maybe you get a scratch off worth a couple hundred grand uh, or win a, a small lottery or something. Is, would it be feasible to pay off your mortgage and just get it done with? Or is that not a good thing? That, that's another really good question. And it's going to kind of depend. I hate to say it depends, but it's going to depend on your risk tolerance. It's going to depend on your goals, what stage you're at in life. Um, so the, safe, the safest option is, is going to be to pay off your house and mm-hmm. have that equity in your house. Yep. Um, if if all the worst things financially that could happen to you happen to you, there's a lot of security in having a paid off house. Yeah. Because you need a place to live. So, um, 
if you are the type that is more uh, of a risk taker, you might say, well, my interest rate on my house is only 2% or, you know, two and a half percent. And I feel like if, if I put this, uh, you know, hundred grand that I won into the stock market into an index fund, I feel like I can get better than 2% mm-hmm. on it. Okay. Um, you know, but then of course that could go the other direction sure. and you, you could lose. Um, and then you still don't have a paid off house. Yep. Uh, so it depends on how much you value, value security versus how much you're willing to take risk and, and in hopes for a bigger return. Yeah. That, because it kind of goes back. Uh, so even what we were just talking about prior to that a little bit uh, with the credit score. Yes. Yep. And what you're exactly what you're talking about. So my wife works at a bank and they had a, program where you could get a really really low interest rate to get a home yes yep. but you had to get approved for a super high interest rate oh, so when okay. we went in there even though the credit score was good they look at kind of like your debt to income yeah so you basically have to have no payments on anything so like your car payments all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that would disqualify you for it because you you have that debt already in there yeah. so exactly what you're talking about if you put that money into like an investment as opposed to paying off the house well now you just have another debt to income that can go against you. Yeah. 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 That's, um, cause then you still have that, pe- that house payment, mm-hmm. um, on your debt to income. I see what you're saying. And it, it sounds like since they're giving a really good rate, they want only the safest loans, you know? So somebody who can afford a $500,000 house, but is only buying a $250,000 house, that's, you know, the safest loan to a bank. Somebody who makes plenty of money, doesn't have hardly any debt and is, you know, living way below their means, but that's, you know, it's, that's not realistic for the average guy mm-hmm. out there. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, but the debt to income requirements for, you know, for your average first time home buyer, um, you know, most people are able to make it work. It's, it, you know, a lot of people say, man, I've been renting my whole life. I never thought I'd be able to buy a house. I was so surprised. You know, I, I like you even see people, you know, 50 years old buying their, buying their first house. I never thought I'd be a homeowner. I didn't know that, you know, I had what it took to qualify for a mm-hmm. loan. I, all I needed to do was just talk to him and ask. I wish I would have done this, you know, 15 years right, ago. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, you'd have 15 years of equity into your home yeah, exactly, then. Exactly. Um, interest rates, John, are they still way down there? Yeah, still at like 2.75%. Um, so it's it's definitely a contributor to why the market's been so good this year. Um, it's very cheap money. Like I was telling you, when you, when you can get a rate that low, um, when you're talking about putting more money down, like when you mentioned putting 20% down, and we're talking about risk versus, you know, risk tolerance, you know, putting less down is, is technically a little more risky, mm-hmm. but when you're getting that low of an interest rate, and if you're going to be in the home long enough, it's, it's probably a risk worth taking for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but saving up the 20% and having more equity is always going to be a more safe option. But when rates are this low and you get the chance to lock it in for a 30 year loan, and you know, you're going to be in this house for, you know, seven plus years, it's, it's really a no brainer for most people. Another, you know, another question we get a lot, I know we covered it uh, when we were talking about the market, but how long does it take to close on a home? Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be, a, if you're, if you're using a loan, like most people are, it's going to be subject to appraisal and underwriting. So mm-hmm. that's typically going to take about 45 days. So that's something that a first time home buyer should know. Um, you know, we talk about appraisal. We also talk about home inspections a lot, right? So those are two things that get mixed up quite often. Um, people get the, you know, the home inspection and the appraisal. It's actually two separate processes, and they have two completely different purposes. 
Um, the inspection is something that is going to happen right away once you get the house under contract. It's the first thing that you set up. And you as the buyer actually hire the home inspector. You choose them. Um, and anything that you discover in that home inspection, it's completely up to you what to do with. You're not going to be forced to make any repairs. It's just for your knowledge and your peace yep. of mind. Okay. Um, the appraisal, uh, the appraiser is actually hired by the bank. This is going to happen about three weeks after um, uh, the house goes under contract and you get your offer accepted. Um, the appraiser's job is if it's a government loan, like a VA loan or a USDA loan or an FHA loan, they have to make sure there's no safety hazards that those loans um, prohibit. Some examples, chipped and peeling paint, um, certain number of steps without hand railing, um, a roof that needs to be replaced two years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, those sort of things. So they do take a look at the condition of the property as well. But it's, but it's different than a home inspector because if an appraiser says something needs to be fixed, it needs to be fixed in order for you to get the loan. Okay. Um, and if it's a conventional loan, there's not going to be those same condition requirements. So in, in either case, the appraiser's first job is to find the, what they think the value of the home is. Then their second job, if it's a government loan, is to make sure that it meets the condition requirements. Uh, so two completely separate uh, purposes – completely separate professionals, different people that do each one. Um, one of them you hire, one of them the bank hires, one of them you have complete control over, one of them you don't have to do. Um, with most loan types, you are required to get an appraisal done and you don't have control over who picks it. The bank sends it to an assignment company who picks the appraiser. Um, and if your appraiser uh, were to say the house is worth less than what you've agreed to buy it for, that means the bank's not going to lend what you agreed to buy it for. They're going to lend based on what the appraiser said it's worth. Okay. So it's kind of like an added safety measure measure to make sure you don't overpay for a house and that the bank doesn't have a bigger loan out for the house than what it's actually worth. Okay. Now, um, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago you mentioned uh, if you're thinking about buying or selling a house, you should probably get a hold of a realty expert a couple of months in advance. Yes. Yep. The most organized, the most prepared buyers uh, and sellers have the seem to have the best experience Um and get the best results, you know, make the smartest purchases, uh, have the least surprises, have the least amount of emotional roller coaster. So if you want to be like a, you know, like a prepared buyer and who's, who's ready for everything and is going to have a good experience, it's definitely in your best interest. Get a hold of us early, start making plans. Uh, we can put you in touch with the right lender if you're a home buyer. We can start coaching you on what stuff you need to do to make sure your home is going to show and sell as best as it possibly can if you're a home seller. The earlier you get in touch with us, the more value you get out of our our service for sure. Yeah, so. because uh, you never know when you might run into one of these little snags or little delays or anything. But if you're on top of it, yep. uh, choosing a realty expert like you, John, um, th- that tends to not be as much. Exactly. Now, hey, really quick, too, um, because I just noticed I still had Ben's information up here from the last time oh, he was on. Okay. What, what was your telephone number? 701-213-5428. Thanks, Paul, for letting me uh, letting me plug my telephone number again. It's my <laughs> cell phone. Not my, tel- my, it's my cell phone number, so they can text me or call me on this number. 701-213-5428. And that was, by the way, going to be my next question. How do we get a hold of Realty <laughs> Expert John Brodeen? There you go. There yep. we go. All right. Ben, Ben's off there. Well, you got, you got, got a little plug there, Ben. So, yeah, yeah. You're welcome, Ben. Uh, if, if they want to get a hold of me, if they're, even if they're thinking about moving and make, you know, selling their home that they're in and buying a new home in the spring, um, when you're selling and you're buying, it's an even more complicated process. So the earlier you can get in touch with me to start learning what you need to know, mm-hmm. the better, the less stressed out you'll be. 
I promise. Perfect. Uh, you going to come back again on Friday? I'll be back. All right. Uh, man, I, I, I love talking to you, John Brodine. Uh, you know what's going on here, that's for sure. Uh, there you go, your realty expert, John Brodine from Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, love having John in the studio, and he'll be back again Friday. So there you go, the first of your two Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcasts here on GFBS.